0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. We're grateful just to have you guys back with us again today. A couple things before we get started. Be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, wherever you uh, sit on the pot and scroll. That's where we want you to find us, like, and share. Caleb's already like, why, why? Why? We're starting off great. Yeah, why, God, have you punished me with this? Uh, And then check us out on the on the YouTube or uh, no the social uh, podcast that's what we need on the on the interwebs yeah the interwebs Um, but uh, wherever you like and subscribe podcast man check us out on there Um, and then
1: (laughs) we had a long night you know we We did did our big big Thanksgiving dinner thing last night which was a huge success it was a huge uh, success. But, yeah, it does, it does take a toll on us. Yeah,
0: my brain is gone.
1: <laughs> yeah, and going uh, to so be great. Let's talk about marriage now. Yeah, you know? we're going
0: to talk about marriage. You know, Now that our wives are probably angry at us about something. No, you just know. yours. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah we are we're, we're wrapping up we've we've been on just kind of this journey we started with uh, pre-dating um, um, dating and today we're on everybody's favorite topic marriage um, and we're just going to kind of to wrap it up on this and marriage really is it's that relationship um, I believe we said it early on you know one it's the most rewarding relationship that you'll ever step into it's also the most uh, difficult I mean there's nothing harder in, in life um, so it's kind of this weird thing and I believe you know it's I don't I know it was created by God. We know marriage to be ordained by God. It's his institution, his creation, but I believe it to be something that's actually meant to make us more Christ-like. I mean, because it brings out our flaws, it, it brings us to this process of sanctification. If you're walking out your marriage properly, that that's what it does. You're growing together. You're trying to be better. You're trying to be more Christ-like. And so it's a beautifully difficult thing. Um, that just adds value to, to life and, and, and everything else. Um, so, um, we are looking forward again just to, to diving in there, to, to f- offending you guys, to <laughs> hopefully pushing against some of the norms or um, cultural norms that, that you've bought into, and just having a, a real open and honest conversation this morning.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm reading really really interesting book right now. It's um, called the, Hi- the Happiness Hypothesis. And it's, it's it's about positive psychology. It's talking about what makes people happy. And I just finished a section where it talks about that um, married people on general, on, on average, are uh, actually more happy than, you know, non-married people. But it, they also found that happy people are more likely to be married. So, <laughs> that you know, you're a lot less likely to get married if you're angry at the world all the time. So... It's a miracle I'm married, I guess. Yeah. But um, well, typically anger is pretty great for the dating game, right? Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing like raging at everybody and everything <laughs> to to find that special someone. <laughs> um, but um, but they also found too what's really interesting is so one of the things that makes people happy because um, they they talk about in the book that like the difference between somebody who um, like gets a like wins the lottery versus somebody who becomes a, a paraplegic meaning but you know they lose the ability to like use their legs um, you would think that they would, one would be extremely more happy than the other but actually they find over time they actually are about the same level of happiness uh, which is which is really odd and the reason is is because winning the lottery gives you an immediate sense of satisfaction and that you know all of a sudden your status in life can be elevated but with that comes a lot of problems whereas with the person who loses the ability to um, use her legs at the, in the uh, immediate they obviously are very upset because you can't walk anymore but once they kind of realize that well this is as bad as it's gonna get and then they learn that I can adapt to life and start to live again that they become, become happier because they know their their future is is looking brighter, but eventually they both kind of level off when they kind of accept their new level of this is where life is at. Well, um, and, and they find that to to be happier, to have sustained happiness, you need to do things that um, you can make progress at, right? So, like learning hobbies or skills, or you know, challenges that you can overcome, and that kind of thing, and that helps to keep the sensation of happiness alive in you and they find that with marriage that is one of the things that you don't adapt to and so that's what provides you with a sense of um, fulfillment or happiness why people are more happy when they're married because you never adjust to the level even though sometimes i know if you've been married for a long time it feels like you do that but as far as a fulfilling relationship you never hit that level of um, sustained like okay this is just the way it is um, if you, if you do marriage the right way, I would, I would probably put that caveat on there. Like if you, <laughs> if you don't put any effort into it, you're probably not going to hit this level, but, um, that you never adjust to that, that it never becomes a thing where you're just used to it. Um, so, so yeah, so there's some science there that marriage actually is a good thing, right? No. And, and well, and there's more science that's coming out here lately, especially with like millennial, millennial generation. We've talked about it before that they're increasingly this generation and, um, has been more sexually promiscuous, more the hookup culture type, and they are also the least satisfied with their relationship statuses and, and that kind of thing. And then gen, like the Gen Zers are moving more towards a traditional type of um, relationship and looking more towards marriage. They're putting off getting married longer, but they're actually seeing the unhappiness with the, the hookup culture and are, are, are opting to do something different. So
0: a couple of, like I said, me nerding out kind of, you know, my thing. Yeah, once you said the title of the book, like I just kind of shut off. I'm not even sure what <laughs> Caleb said in the last couple minutes. Um, so now that we're back.
1: <laughs> it's really fascinating it's to me, but anyway.
0: No, I do. I like statistics, uh, the information. Yeah, the thing that I love is when like uh, cultural studies, um, you know, secular studies catch up to God's word and they're like, and they never see it, you know, as Christians, yeah. we get to sit back and see the correlation, and they're just like just like dumbfounded. Did you guys know yeah. You, Yo, yeah, like for for like forever like there was known. a
1: there's a there's a quote and I can't remember it specific, but um you who know, I can't remember who said it, but basically what they said is that you know that that the scientist is you know climbing up the the mountain of wisdom, and when they get to the top, they're gonna be so. Disappointed to realize that the the um, religious man was already there, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And that's, you know, and that's, we've talked about that before. It's like, you know, God's undefeated, and that we just like you said, you know, we we're, we're, we're talking about marriage and relationships from these, you know, Christian principles. And yeah, it's like everything we find, you know, science is like, oh, hey, did you guys realize that? <laughs> well, there was an <laughs> article I guess it was in Washington, well, the Wall Street Journal here recently where yeah they're they're talking about women that you know we've there's been this big push in the culture lately where women you need to you know don't you don't need to become a mother or, you know or you know be married that's the patriarchy and you need to go out go to college get a job pursue your career just relentlessly like like the men do because we're the same and yeah. there's no differences between men and women and lo and behold we found out now you know 10 15 years into this this big push to have people do this that or to have the, the women do this that they're unsatisfied because inside there's a most of them there's a general yearning to become a mother and to have a family and to care and I'm not saying that that's like there that should be your sole, um, you know pursuit in life but we've culture has swung the pendulum the complete opposite way where it's like the only you know that's family holds you down and it's restrictive and you know you just need to be about you and that kind of thing and um, like I said we find out that Men, you know we can't we can't rise above our our design you know god yeah. made us certain ways and um you know when we try to to, to operate outside of that then we're like uh we well, that's where we happy. get
0: yeah well and that's where we get guys in skinny jeans and, <laughs> and exactly when it's right so well the evolution mean, that's <laughs> what i talked about last episode <laughs> yeah. with i think with
1: men you know that young men we're not young men aren't being raised as, as men you know? and you know and that's that's part of the issue we run into especially we have in recovery we have a lot of uh, single uh, moms and you know you hear about their struggle finding somebody well i mean the the pool's pretty weak out there right now because you got a lot of, a lot of men that aren't men yeah. you know they just they don't know how to be men they're living in their moms basement playing video games and watching porn all day you yeah. know and it's like well Sorry, you know, ladies, I I understand why it's hard for you to find somebody because <laughs> there's
0: nobody, you know, there's nobody out there worth having. Yeah. So it's it's kind of both sides, but
1: it is anyway.
0: So so what is marriage? You know, we we talk about this. It, it's a union between between you know man and woman right and but it's god ordained that when we look at marriage it's so easy um to kind of have this skewed definition of it especially in today's society um, because government has attached itself to a god institution right and government has no business in marriage but but that's what's happened and as this has happened which i be i, I truly believe to be a ploy of the enemy um, that they've they've tried to take that from God's hands and again, put it into our government. So then it becomes a contract. Um, I think we talked about this last week. I know I heard it on a, a message uh, here recently, but it's like when you begin to look at marriage as a contract, well, contracts are because you don't trust each other. And so that's like to protect you from the other one. And so that, that's what we do when we pull marriage out of God's hands and, and, and shift it that way. It's... Well, this is a contract, so you can't hurt me. What a terrible way to look yeah. at marriage. But that's what we've done. So, but what is it? Um, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33 um, kind of gives a really good um, picture of, of what we're doing in marriage. Because it's not, it's not for tax breaks. It's not for legal purposes. Um, those are things, again, government has attached itself to marriage for. Um, we need to have, have that biblical worldview. We need to realize, I mean, m- my wife and I, we're— we're in covenant agreement with god um to to love each other you know in sickness and health and to do these things to serve one another so in ephesians 5 starting in verse 22 it says um for wives well in 21 it says and further um submit to one another out of reverence for christ and so that first part there is you know this is not about my wife and her love for me is not about me and when we look at it out of reverence for Christ, it's we've placed, we've placed God as, as the number one in our relationship. I'm not one, Janelle's not one, he's one. And it, it's all done through that lens. That when I'm good to Janelle, it's not out of reverence of Janelle. It's out of reverence to God, to Christ. And so when you look at it that way, it doesn't matter what she's done, right? She's not earning my love. I'm, I'm, I'm loving her out of reverence to God and, and first and foremost that shifts everything because then we've moved out of debt debtor relationships and it's just like, I ain't gonna be good to her. I mean, she's, she, She's not doing what she's supposed to do. She's not keeping up her end, right? And and if you even have that mindset, they're not keeping up their end. You're in that contractual mindset of marriage and you've shifted wrong. But submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then, you know, Paul goes on to kind of lay this out here. Um, And he, in 22, it says, for wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. Now, women, you're like, ah, to heck with that. You don't know this (laughs) jerkwad that I'm married to. I ain't submitting to anybody. But, um, he says, for husbands, uh, for the husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He's the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands and everything. And so that's a big thing. And just dumb single, you know, one-sided, it can be incredibly unhealthy. You know, if we're operating that way. But in twenty-five, he gives charge to to husbands. For husbands, this means love your wife, just as Christ loved the church. Well, what did Christ do? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will obey or be holy um, and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church as we are members of his body. So in in whole context here, the charge to the husband is, in a sense, it's greater. It's like, you know, wives submit to your husbands. Husbands, be willing to die for your wife, like to lay <laughs> it all out there. And, and so that that's what we need to listen. And, and marriage, when we look at it, it's God ordained, but it, it's a submission competition. It's We want to serve each other, you know, as a church, you know, We're called to serve Christ, but Christ first served us by giving it all. And so that's the the picture of marriage. It's it's God ordained, and that's what we need to do. We do it all because of what God's done, what Christ has done for us. You know, so my wife, there's not a ledger book that I keep against her. There's not a ledger book she keeps against me. At least, yeah, I was going to say that (laughs) that there's not supposed to be, but we all know how women are, you know. (laughs) You're lucky she doesn't listen. I know. I'm lucky. (laughs) I just think it's funny. We're on the same page right there. Just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's, anyway, what, yeah, that's what we're called to do is to really just, what can I do for you? What can I do for you today? You know, how can I serve you today? And anytime we step out of that, again, we're stepping into that contractual view. How can I protect myself against my spouse? what do they owe me you know and we don't need to be there we need to shift over here and it takes two healthy people doing this that's why it's so important to have these other things in place that we talked about early earlier you know being prepared for dating and dating right and and understanding all this and being whole before you step into the relationship because this is the goal here and when done it's it's beautiful it is a great it's a great place to be it's a great relationship it's it's rewarding and fulfilling um and it's just, I mean, it's, it's all the things that God intended it to be. Yeah. Yeah, this is a
1: this is a, a whole passage that gets wildly taken out of context, right? Especially by the, you know, the modern feminist movement. You know, we we don't submit to anybody, that kind of thing. Well, and sometimes
0: it's just out of men that are unhealthy.
1: <clears throat> well, it is too. In, well, and even in the church, you know, we, we, we hear submit and we think... You know submission like we're you know holding somebody under our thumb or that you know we're lording over somebody and that's not what we're talking about at all in this case because i mean christ gave us that example right at the the last supper where he washes the disciples feet and in um you know that was even him serving and this is what this is about is is that in a marriage and you know and the whole point we're starting with this is th- these are kind of keys to a successful marriage if you want to last and you want to have a fulfilling marriage like Aaron was saying, we can't be holding a, a ledger against each other about the wrongs that we've done. And so what we need to be doing is, is by submitting to each other. What we're talking about is, is my job is to put her needs before mine. That's me submitting to her, and her job is to put my needs before hers. And if we both do that to the best of our abilities, then you know we don't have this ledger of right and wrong and who did this and who's doing what. It's like and and that's how we have a successful marriage, and that's what we miss out so much in today's culture is because it's like, well, I'm I'm in this thing to get mine, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit, but but not too much because, you know, they they need to respect me and they need to do this and you know for me and and, and you know and we're selfish, in in being in a, in marriage the way God has it set up is to be selfless right is to not be selfish at all is that we're coming in this together because I'm going to serve you and you're going to serve me um not out of a you should serve me um that's not that's not my concern is what how she's how she's trying to meet my needs it's you know I'm just like I'm just trying to meet you know to put your needs before mine and you know and I expect her to hopefully do the same thing. And, you know, this goes back to what we talked about last week when we were talking about dating somebody. You're talking about your values. This is stuff you need to establish. Because imagine if this is a Christian perspective, being in a marriage without having that Christian perspective. So you, this, is, this is where we get an imbalance in that relationship or you get taken advantage of is because, you know, as Christians, we believe that I'm coming into marriage and I'm going to put her needs before mine. Well, if she doesn't have that value, She's going to take advantage of that, no. <laughs> you know, because um, that that's not going to be her priority. And so uh, that's why it's important that we, again, we yoke ourselves to, to somebody who who believes
0: the same or has the same value system as we do. You know, so anyway. Yeah, because, I mean, they can go both ways. I mean... Um have yeah, you're if you're endeavoring to serve the other one and they're not healthy they're not a believer I mean it gets wildly out of out of context and and can be unhealthy very quickly yeah. and so you've just got to continue just to fall in line with that um, you know in our household and it's it's hard at times to navigate and and I think again if you're doing it right it creates an element of uncomfortableness at times um, but you know when you look at our our household my wife and I were very traditional in, in this sense, you know, we, we really try to do this. And so I'm, I'm the head of the family, right? And, and that's what I'm recognized as, and that's what I am. But at the same time, my wife is my teammate, right? And so she's, she's equal um, in, in one sense, but I'm still above and, and in charge. And, and so there's this kind of tension and balance of, of how do we navigate this? I mean, I'm charged with leading that ultimately it's my life on the line when when I read this that, that I'm I'm the one that has to give it all up to make sure the family's good and right and cared for and, and loved and and that she's good and cared for and right and loved and and you know, I'm charged with all of this as the head, so my responsibility is, is the greatest in the family, but at the same time, she's right there with me. Um, and <laughs> it's just it's it's beautiful it's very difficult <laughs> yeah. but um but that's what that's what creates health i mean if you ever looked at my wife and i it's like oh they have a good relationship it, we do the only reason it functions is because this is this is what we endeavor to do right and i don't i don't abuse my wife my wife doesn't um cower in fear to me um sometimes i wish she would but <laughs> no. <laughs> no but i mean there's just there's trust there there's trust there she trusts me to to do what I'm called to do and what I'm supposed to do. And I trust her to do what she's called to do and what she's supposed to do. And we we operate in our roles. And, and there's times where we miss it, like anybody else. But this is what we go back to. Like, when, when we've messed up, this is what we go back to. When we've stepped out of bounds, this this is what we go back to. And, and we reevaluate. And we, we say we're sorry. And, and we forgive. And we, we get back on track. And as long as we do that as long if if you do that in your marriage you'll have a great marriage hands you don't need anything else but but to follow this follow god's word and the picture he's laid out and and that's it i mean you don't need stacks of marriage books or anything else god god's word lays it out again what we talked about earlier eventually man will get to the top of the wisdom mountain and and see oh god had it right all along imagine that
1: yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, if if you guys are constantly, if it's a contest of I'm going to fulfill the other person's needs better than they're fulfilling my needs, like, can you imagine that ever? I mean, who loses in that? I mean, yeah. I mean, as long as you, like I said, if you're both doing that, you know, again, uh, if you're not, then, you know, Aaron said, sometimes guys will, especially can take advantage of that, try to lord it over and say, you know, you need to be doing, you know, doing for me all the time. But if you're if you're both doing that equally and I mean, you know, we've been married for 20 years and we try it's, it's, Nobody's perfect on this. You know, I don't I'm not always I have moments of being selfish. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> not for her. It's not her, hard for her to believe. And she does the same uh, as well. Less than me. I'm just saying that because I know she listens. But. Uh, <laughs> um, but we we try, you know, we try and we try to do better. And you know, when we hit those moments when we are selfish, we have you know a conflict. We work through that, and then we try try to do better. And and that's what's made for a good you know twenty years of marriage. But you know, the head head of the household thing, we're the same way. Very traditional. You know, Jill recognizes you know, the man's the head of the household kind of thing. And that's not something I, I'm like, listen, if you're going to marry me, this is the way it's going to be. I didn't tell her that. And so before any feminists out there want to send us an email, like that was her because she, she grew up in the church. She believes the Bible, you know? And so, um, that was, that, that was, she had that opinion prior to meeting me, but in 20 years of marriage, I've never, ever, there's never been a thing where we're like, listen, I'm the man and we're going to do yeah. this. I don't ever do that ever. And, um, because the same way, you know, she's she's my partner, you yeah. know, and we, we we are together. But yeah, I'm tasked with protecting the house, you know. Like if if you know, we've had a if, if there's been a number of nights, you know, where you she hits you in the bed. Hey, I heard something. Go check it out. You know. I'm not like no you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i did it last time yeah it's, it's like, your turn no, this
1: one's scary. It's really scary i don't want to go out there <laughs> i'm not sending her you know i mean that's my job yeah. it's my it's what i'm tasked with and you know so yeah it's like i have to wander out there and see who's gonna shoot me you know yeah. or whatever it's like
0: um uh, <clears throat> i don't know about you in my house I, i'm outside my house in my underwear with a you know 1911 so just saying you <laughs> come right. out yeah yes. my neighbors are probably like what's wrong with that guy this is like the third time this month he's sweeping his backyard with, a, <laughs> with his pistol yeah. lap dressed
1: <laughs> yeah see that's what keeps most people out of my house that, that's the idea of yeah. me coming out to minor underwear they would be like i oh, forget it. it's yeah. not worth it but yeah. anyway so so that's key number one you know we're talking about having a successful marriage is that we have to we have to model what what's in the Bible. That's what we believe. We're Christians. So if you're shocked by that idea, like, I don't know, you're listening to the wrong podcast. We're Christians. We believe in the Bible and we believe in the model that it teaches us. And so that is a, a model of submission to each other. And so some of the things we can do to a couple of the things I have down here that we can do in order to live that out is one of the things is l- uh, learn and speak each other's love languages. Now this is a popular book, you know, what's five love languages and, it, and what that's talking about basically is that we all kind of respond to different, um um methods of uh, i guess love that's what well what i is, mean it, a lot
0: of it even <clears throat> goes back to what the the verse we were just in you know it's, it's opening up um wives submit to your husbands um you know there, there's an element of that there's another passage somewhere i can't think of it right now but we have different needs and so when we look at love languages this kind of speaks to the fact that we're built differently even um that what, what communicates love to me as a husband, you know, one of the primary things is, is respect. Um, I need my wife to, I need to feel like she respects me. Well, my wife needs to feel like I care for her both of those things communicate love to us, but they're done differently. And so when we begin to look at the love languages, that's one of the things that I mean, it breaks down in a sense is we're, we're made differently. You know, there's things about men and women that are pretty much inherently the same uh, for the most part. But even as individuals, we're, we're individuals and, and finding those things that really communicate love on on a personal level. Um, my wife, she needs help. Um, I don't I don't need held (laughs) um actually it's it's like the bottom of my list um I need physical attention you know sex but I don't need a (laughs) hug Um, my wife needs a hug and you know and that communicates love to her and so I had to learn that and the reason it's important to learn it is because it's not natural for me to do so I need to know to do it
1: yeah so that and I probably should have wrote these down, so I wouldn't sound like an idiot, but I didn't, so I sound like an idiot. But So, in the love languages, there's there's five in the book. There's physical touch, acts of service, quality time, and words of affirmation, and receiving gifts. And so that's just different ways we can communicate our affection to each other. That's what Aaron was talking about. Again, our brains aren't working very well this morning. I'm on monster number two, and I'm still sleepy, so I had a short circuit there. but. But yeah, so, we're, and this is again, this is kind of an act of submission to say, this is what, th- I know these are the, I, I'm gonna take the time to figure out what communicates the best to, to you, my spouse, and then do my best to communicate in the way that yeah. you like, not the way that I like, you know, like Aaron and I are both, we're men. So yeah, sex talks to us, you know, like yeah. that's a good, but that doesn't always necessarily talk the best to our spouse in, in, in words of communication. so um, finding those things out. So like I said, physical touch, obviously that's, um, that's not just sex, but that's, um, being held or hugged or, you know, just holding hands, that kind of thing. Um, acts of service. So, uh, this one really communicates to my wife, you know, she loves, um, I mean, even, I think I've talked about this before. I've, I've got the, you know, I don't have a, a very pristine yard. I don't, you know, it's like a bunch of weeds. I don't, have like perfect Bermuda grass or anything. And yet, um, I'll, I'll, i mow because that's what I, that's what I do, you know, cause the grass gets ridiculous and my HOA will get on me if I don't. So I go out there and mow and then she comes home from work. she's like, man, the, the yard looks nice. And she appreciates the fact that I mowed the yard, even though it, it, it's not anything special. And, but you know, or if I do the dishes or if I do something, you know, when she's gone clean up, th- that kind of thing speaks to her quality time. Um, is one of them. So, you know, not sitting together, looking at your phones, watching, quote unquote, watching a movie because you're both sitting there watching your phones, but actually doing something together, spending good time together. Words of affirmation, you know, obviously um, saying I love you, but you know, hey, you look nice tonight. You look, you know, I pre- um, just acknowledging them, and then gifts. Um, luckily, this one's low on Jill's list, Man. So,
0: <laughs> I did notice that sex fulfills all of those. <laughs> So I mean, good luck. Good luck (laughs) making that case. Uh, I mean, I mean, quality time, acts of service. I mean, um, so I mean, sex really is the key. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's to all the the love language. (laughs) Love (laughs) language to us. Even words of affirmation. Was it good for you? It was great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again, let me know how that works out for you. Uh, I know how it would work out for me, but um, there's a, you know, and I've pulled this up to help me remind there's this app, it's called the Love Nudge, I think is what it's called, and um, it actually, you and your significant other can do this quiz, and it'll kind of let you know, and you can, um, you know, have, it gives you suggestions on how to fulfill those things, so that's one way you can, like I said, start to connect better. Uh, is by doing something like that, where you actually take the time to learn each other's love
0: language and then speak it that way, and that's more than just sex, <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> uh, I will say this: my wife, on top of her list, is is physical touch. Um, that was one of them, right? Yes. Yeah, did I word that right? <laughs> non-sexual physical touch. N- non-sexual touches. physical touch. <laughs> but uh, so every every day, pretty much every day. I mean, there's some days I don't do it well. Um, my wife needs a hug, um, and so it's it's like 20 second hug. And, and why I hold, hold her, I, I pray over her. And and that's how she likes to start her morning. Yes, speaks to her. Again, I don't need that. I don't care. I mean, I care about my wife. I mean, so I don't want to say I don't care. So I do it because I do care about my wife. Um, but it's one of those things. You know, we we went through this. We did the test, you know, figured it out. And then try to find things that, that speak to each other in this sense, and it makes for a healthy marriage. And that's that's what we're talking about, you know, submitting to one another out of reverence for God. I, I do that out of reverence to God, not because of her, but also because I love her. And, and this, again, it contributes to a healthy marriage and a healthy relationship.
1: Yep. Um, so the next thing I have is, is for a successful marriage here, and under the submit to each other heading is uh, you both have to contribute. Okay, so this is probably more guys I would say sometimes around the house like but we both you both have to you know And this is now the thing here. This is a really unique deal Is that um, this is also from the happiness hypothesis Mm -hmm. is that um, People in a married relationship will, will think that the other one's not doing as much or not contributing as much around the house If they don't do the things that they feel are important so What that means like, so in our house, Jill really likes the kitchen to be clean. She's, she really dishes piling up and that, that bugs her. And so, uh, you know, if it gets too much, then she'll she'll do that. But if um, in this, in the book, what it's talking about is like, so if I didn't ever do that, but I'm doing everything else around the house, she would feel like I'm not contributing as much because I don't do the thing that's most important to her. And so sometimes we, we lose that, in, in our marriages that we think the other person's not doing as much because they do different things. And so in, um, some households, right. The, the, the wife may do some of the things around the house, like maybe cleans, cleans the kitchen up or does the laundry. And then thinks, well, I'm the one doing everything around here. And yet the husband's the one that's out there mowing the yard every week, um, fixing everything around the house, fixing the cars, doing all, you know, and that's, um, I mean, that's our house with Jill's We've been married twenty years, and Jill 's had to mow the yard. I think I count on one hand how many <laughs> times so and that's and, I'm, and I don't hold that against her i mean um, i don 't mind that 's just what i do that's that's part of my role um, i i have I have yet to see her under the hood of a car you know fixing <laughs> <laughs> t- you know changing a belt or something you know and that's just but that's you know but we both contribute in the ways that in our strengths you know. Uh, I hate doing dishes, but I—I I, she hates doing laundry, so I do the laundry, she does the dishes. Yeah. I mean, well, actually now we got fourteen-year-old boys; they do them. Yeah. That's why you should have kids. I've never Slave even labor.
0: turned on our washer. Yeah, see. But yeah. I make almost every meal in the house. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> so what you got to do, and so the the key here is that you find something that's equitable that you're just saying, "Well, okay, you know, what do you which do you like?" Because I mean, nobody likes to do anything around the house, right? I mean, nobody wants to do dishes or laundry. Was you guys have to have that conversation? Say, so, well, which do you like to do the least? Okay, well, then I can do that, you know. I don't mind doing laundry. I can sit there and fold laundry and watch football. It's not a big deal. Um, and so that's, you know, again, that's what i that was my role uh, until my boys took it over. Um, and, and so you've just got to find that. We have to find a way to contribute. We both, again, this goes back to submitting to each other. We have to put in our needs. We don't want, I don't want my spouse doing everything for me. And this also goes back to last week, especially guys uh women don't need another child to raise you need to to man up and do stuff around the house um, it's not beneath you it's not woman's work it's none of that stuff that you think like whatever you've been modeled or wherever that idea has come from like it's your house you're the leader of the house you
0: need to take a leading role in making sure that it's taken care of yeah absolutely um one of the next ones um, and this is kind of moving off the cement, but it's still a big deal it's a big issue in marriage it's conflict um go back just a few weeks we had um an extensive podcast on conflict uh hope that you check it out you know so we're just going to kind of touch on this just a little bit but if you if this is an area you guys are in in a marriage and, and you're having trouble navigating um conflict again i want to encourage you to go back and listen to that but ephesians four twenty six through 27 and says and don't sin by letting anger control you it's it's okay to be angry But when it controls you, it becomes a sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil and um i'm gonna let i know caleb and, and jill navigate this well mm-hmm. probably much better than my wife and i do uh, in this season of of marriage you know we're still we're still growing in this sometimes where you know sometimes our our fights look very jerry springer um <laughs> you throw it, shoes at each other well you know we don't throw anything <laughs> yeah, at each okay. other but um words are said yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, we had
1: a a lady that um, was friends with a couple that are friends with my parents. Um, You know, I grew up in church with their kids, like, you know, and they're friends with my parents. And and when we were getting married, we were engaged. um, This lady uh, is very wise. We very much honor her. and, and, And she she said this to us, you know, one of the keys to a happy marriage is not to let the sun go down on your anger. And she said, also, and lots of sex. She did say yeah. that too. That was like that was kind of weird. But for somebody you always kind of looked up as a mom figure. But yeah. you know, hey, it's true.
0: It's really hard to be wisdom is wisdom. It's hard to be mad at your spouse when you're both naked and That's doing true. it. I mean, it's <laughs> just like, I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not as mad at you as That's I thought. Right. <laughs> it Seems to I've seem to <laughs> oh, have gotten over yeah, this. Yeah, we can be <laughs> mad all night, or we can have sex. Oh. <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, so. Uh, But we, you know, she told us this and we're like, you know what, we we made a commitment at then We said, you know, we're going to use this as a guiding principle of our marriage is that 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 was one. And one of the other ones that we actually committed to is that the word divorce is not in our vocabulary. That's another like if you were to look at our ground rules for our household and our marriage, this is one. And that was the other was that divorce isn't isn't an option. And so. Which, which forces us into, okay, so we're going to have to deal with this stuff, yeah. okay? When, when crap goes down, we can't avoid it and we have to deal with it. If we're both going to agree to do these things, we can't, we can't divorce and we can't go to bed. You know, we can't go to bed, fall asleep and wake up the next day angry. Now, we've, we've gone to bed angry. I mean, we've, there's been nights where it's, it's like, okay, you know, like it's 1230. It's like, all right. We're going to have to deal with this. So I may have started out on the couch, but I don't, I don't end, you know, I don't finish on the couch, you know, so, um, and, and that, uh, listen, some of you are probably listening are like, this. That's crazy. We can't do that. Well, you can, if you want to, I yeah. mean, it, it's a tough, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but marriage isn't easy. You know, if you're looking for easy, don't get married because marriage isn't easy. And, no. and it's not going to, I mean, so, and what, what it is, 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 doesn't say we don't get angry with each other. We do. We actually do. We have some, some. We've had some pretty good fights early on in our marriage. Now, typically nowadays, they're not nearly as bad because we, we've been through most of it. You know, we're like, okay, where did we miscommunicate? You know, we just we know that we know the routine now. Um, but what it what it what this principle is is that again, it's not that we're not angry at each other, but it's just that okay, after we let the anger go for a little bit. And we we calm ourselves down. It's like okay, we're going to come together and we're going to talk through this and figure out what the, what the problem is. Where did, like, most time it's mis- miscommunication? I said something that she took wrong, or maybe I said something <laughs> and she took it the right way because it was intended to be wrong. <laughs> you know, um, and you know I have to apologize for that or or whatever. But um, we figured out. You know, and we commit because you can't let this stuff stew because just like the verse says, anger gives the foothold to the devil. And there's so many, you know, and there's plenty of people, I'm sure listening, that have had this happen where you are like, no, we just don't deal with it. And then we just let it fester. And then, you know, three weeks from now, when something little happens, all this stuff that we didn't deal with explodes because now we're going to deal with it. And so now this little thing that shouldn't have been a big thing becomes a big thing next thing you know we're sleeping on the couch and now we're sleeping you know now we're out staying with our parents because we're separated and all this stuff if you don't allow this stuff to fester and build up it doesn't nearly become the problem that it would be if if you choose not to deal with it yeah
0: I man. at the very least the one thing i will say about this um is if if you're in a relationship the very least the first thing you can do take the couch off the table like you don't don't sleep in separate beds don't don't allow anger to do that. I mean, you, you're starting to create that divide, and and you're moving towards a separation. You know, the marriage bed is a sacred place. It's a sacred thing. Don't don't sleep elsewhere. Sleep by your spouse, and and it'll help you to get to this place. You know, where you're you're not letting anger go down. You know, because you're laying in bed and you're ticked off at each other, but. You know, not wanting them to touch you, but, you know, you kind of graze up against each other, and you're playing footsie, and then, you know, you get to, you know, move on with life and relationships. It always comes <laughs> back to that with you. That's, <laughs> a- <laughs> that, that's the key to having I mean, all the love languages. If Caleb. you haven't
1: figured out, your kids probably shouldn't be listening to this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just FYI. Yep. Probably should have said that at the beginning. Yeah. But if you're also not figuring it out, if uh, Janelle could have more children, we would have a dozen. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably good. Six is, for you yeah, six is enough yeah six is enough um so the, the next part is my favorite topic we're gonna move to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> is make time for each other you guys thought i was gonna say sex <laughs> he will in a second. Yeah, <laughs> but, but first but first um be intentional um and and it's hard i get it um janelle and i we do have six kids we're busy um it's uh, we've got a lot going on eating outside of kids with work and um it doesn't help i'm a workaholic you know, so I struggle to, to disengage, but you have to be intentional. You Don't stop dating your spouse. Um, and there's times, you know, like financially, we don't have as much as, as we would like to have. So going out and on dinner is, is difficult. That's not something that realistically fits into our budget. So there's, there's certain times like we endeavor that you know tuesday's one of them if all else fails i'm going to try to be free on a tuesday evening to just sit with with janelle we're going to spend some time together kids are in bed you know those types of things thursday's another one that if all else fails that that, that's going to be our night we're going to we're going to come together and and we're going to do that and we you know try to guard those things and and be consistent about it because we need a relationship right kids can't overpower janelle and i that here's the hard truth and if you're making your children the center of your relationship, stop. You're failing. They're gonna leave. You need to make time for them. Yeah, of course, love them, but the priority is not your children. It's it's you and your your spouse. I mean, that that's the investment. That's the long term. That that's the covenant. There. I don't have a covenant with my kids. I love them dearly. They're gonna go have their own lives and their own families. Though they're gonna move out. Um, I have I have a I have one one relationship that, that's that valuable, and it's only with Janelle, with nobody else. No, there's no friends that trump that. My parents don't trump that. My siblings don't trump that. My children don't. It's, it's me, Janelle, and God, right? That, that's that covenant agreement. We have to make time for that. It's gotta be a priority. And, and it's the most important one, it should be, but it's the least prioritized thing oftentimes in marriages, especially in failing and struggling marriages.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This isn't, yeah, this area, we struggle in, um, in that. Trying to make, you know, an intention, We you know, every now and then we'll, we'll go through phases. We're like, okay, we, we gotta have a date night, you know, at least once a month. We gotta, and you know, we do that for a little while. Then we, you know, life happens and we we fall out of that. We always try to make time for each other, at least at the end of the day. You know, the boys are, like I said, they're 14 and they're like, you know, it's like 9.30. We're like, yeah, hey, I've got to bed. Yeah, well, we're going to have school tomorrow. Uh, I don't, your mom and I want to spend time together, yeah. so go to bed. You guys are kind. <laughs> we make our kids go to bed at eight <laughs> thirty. Yeah. So, like, uh, we, we want that. Well, extra we've been married hour. longer, so yeah. you know we don't need them or
0: something. But um, uh, well, it's twofold. One, I'm tired of them. <laughs> well,
1: that's that is you know I just it's a patience building exercise for us. We're just like okay, the longer we let them stay up, the better people we become. That's really what it is. We learn <laughs> to deal with that, but um. You know, so it's, but, the, but yeah, we, we try to at least intentionally have time together, you know, the nights that we're home, that we're in the house at the same time. Um, now, again, sometimes, you know, if we go back to the love languages, does it count as quality time? We we could we could do better on that, um, you know, like uh, sometimes, you know, we think sitting in the same room watching with something on the TV that we say we're watching together and we're both sitting there staring at our phones, it's not actually quality time, but... Um, but yeah, like Karen said, the kids are transients, right? They're, they're there for a little bit and then they're going to be gone. And we personally know couples, at least one off the top of my head that, you know, that, um, that are people that she grew up with that she thought, you know, this is the model for a very good marriage. And then their kids, they, their kids grew older and, um, everything was about their kids. And then once their kids moved out and they were together, they're like, I don't know this person anymore, you know, and I don't know if I love him. They ended up this this couple she knew. They ended up getting divorced because they yeah. had they hadn't taken time for each other. But we know, you know, everybody knows. I'm sure somebody like that, like they become so focused on their kids that when their kids go, they have they've realized they realize they 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 don't know who each other are anymore, yeah. and that's sad because yeah, I mean, you should understand that when you have children, they're leaving. Eventually, and I love my kids. I mean, I want them, but I want them to leave. <laughs> I want them, and, I, and it's not because I, you know, I can't stand them. It's because I want them to go be successful human beings in society. You know, I want them to go have their families and stuff. And I'm, and I, and I, you know, as we're getting closer to that, you know, like so my boys are 14, and, and we're starting to get closer to those milestones. Like, both of our hearts are starting to hurt a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that, and yet I am. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's going to be a tough phase of life for us to go through because we do really love our kids. But, but you know, I, I didn't raise my kids to live with me forever. I raised yeah. them to, to be individuals and to go out and have successful lives and we want them to do that. And on the backside of that, me and Jill are going to be living in a house together, you know, for the, <laughs> for the rest of our lives and we still have to know how to do that. And so, yeah, you absolutely have to, to, to prioritize your time together, not lose focus on the, on the main thing, which is you, you and your spouse, um, because you know in today's world yeah our kids can absolutely dominate our time and so th- the other way we can make time for each other and i'm just
0: going to kick this back to aaron because this is his subject too. yeah <laughs> sex <laughs> Make make time for sex um with your spouse i mean it's it is and here's the thing in the church especially we've made this a dirty word um it's god created it i'm just gonna start there that that sex is not the world's it's not it's not it's not dirty. It's not unholy. It's not unclean. That it's it's meant for you and your spouse. So so done in the context of marriage. That that's God's design, God's creation, and it's it's healthy um, for your relationship. It's healthy for you as a person. It, it's it's intended by God. And and here's the thing: it's not just for um, you know reproduction. It's it's something that that grows us together intimately. Um, and it's, it's something I I can't even tell you how many couples I counsel. And one of the first questions is like, when's the last time you had sex three months ago? That's bull crap. I mean, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to your relationship or your marriage. Like Caleb said, you know, he got, they got advice early on. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and have lots of sex. Um, there's, there's not healthy couples out there, truly healthy couples out there that aren't active with each other in active pursuit. You know, my wife and I, we we flirt, um, we, we're intimate. It's a priority in our relationship. And and it's one of those things that if you neglect it, you're, you're neglecting so much of, of your life and your marriage. And and I get it, again, you, you let kids get in the way, you let um, work get in the way, you're tired, you know, are you there, you make excuses, but you've got to prioritize it. Just like you would make a date night, if if you're struggling in this area make a sex night like make that part of it put it on the calendar and i'm not even joking in the least bit because it's that big of a deal and i mean here's and here's the thing too there's only one person in the world that can meet your needs and, and that's your spouse and and when we talk about this man you know you need to be intimate i hold i hold janelle Right. And I'm going to sit with her and then I'm going to I'm going to be intimate because she needs that. Um, and Caleb said it before he stole it off somebody. You know, women hold the keys to relationship. You no, say that? It's women hold her. the keys
1: to sex. Men hold the key to relationship. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, we, we make that investment. And I mean, so and and we come together, but we're meeting each other's needs. First um, Corinthians seven. Um, one through four, um, but it says now regarding this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. This is now regarding the question you ask in your letter. Yes, it's good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. And so he's he's saying, listen, yeah, if you could abstain, it'd be good. If you could just you know live in reverence to God and be focused on that, but the reality is you're not <laughs> I mean because we desire it right it's, it's inherent it's in us so we're driven that way and so because of that you know get married find, find your spouse why to have sex with them that, that, that's part of it I mean I mean me and Janelle we, we rushed our marriage along I didn't want to be engaged for a year because I didn't want to wait a year to have sex with her. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? That's okay. That's okay because I loved her and we have a good marriage and relationship. That wasn't like my, you know, that wasn't the whole reason, <laughs> but that was a reason. And he continues, he said, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and a wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to the husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. I'm meant to please my wife. My wife is meant to please me. And we step out of this, especially when we get into this debt-debtor mode that we talked about earlier, where we start withholding. Well, my my husband doesn't deserve, he's this, this, and this. And so we we close off access. Y- you shouldn't do that. Um, there's, there's no... And I'm going to be real careful on this because it can sound abusive. But... Um, there's no, like, no, right? Like, my wife's not gonna shut off emotionally from me because i made her angry, right? I mean, I'm not gonna take advantage or something of my wife either, but even with me, like, I'm not gonna close off. That if my wife has a need, again, it's a, it's a service competition, right? Um, submission competition. I'm looking to meet my wife's needs emotionally, and physically and my wife is looking to meet my needs emotionally and physically and so when we look at the whole context of this and the whole context of marriage and and everything's healthy then this area can actually be healthy where again um I'm my wife my wife's not going to tell me I got a headache tonight I might I mean if she's sick obviously I'm going to recognize oh I'm not <laughs> going to pursue my wife she's not feeling well but that's not like you know it's not going to be seven nights out of the week my wife's got a headache that's not that's not a thing that's the longest headache yeah. ever i mean <laughs> and, i mean because my wife wants to care for me because one she loves me she she wants to she wants to submit to me and and be there for me and then the other thing is this she she's the only person who can meet that need how terrible would it be for her to keep that from me nobody else can do that right I mean, I can't, I can't get milk from a different cow, right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. Probably should use that one. Yeah, well, I did it on purpose because it's just funny. It's an old
1: one. People. It like, is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we do say that, right? Why <laughs> buy the cow if you can't get the milk free? Yeah. So,
0: like, stop I mean women cows. Oh, yeah. But it is <laughs> just one of those things. I mean, but and here's oh, the thing: man. my wife, again, she can't go have her needs fulfilled elsewhere either. And so, we we have to recognize this and. And make this a priority in our relationship. And when we're talking, I mean, in sex, it's, it's intimacy. And so it's beyond just intercourse in the bedroom. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than that. It is holding my wife, right? She can't, no other man can hold her. And so when she asked that I need this daily from you, how dare I keep that from her, right? How, just like, I mean, and men will get so angry. How dare my wife not sleep with me? How dare you not sit on the couch and hold her hand and love her and caress her and give her the things, you me? Know, because these are all wrapped into one, just so you know that when I'm talking about this, it's, it's that intimate relationship that no one else can fulfill that, you know. So we need to look at this in context and, and really endeavor to make an investment here because it's, it is, it is a, a huge key to a healthy, successful marriage. That's a tough thing to follow there. <laughs> Let me try to smooth some of that
1: over. <laughs> um, well, so so you know, sometimes what we do in uh not even sometimes a lot of the times especially like christians you know we we try to categorize things you know like well these this, these are these are the okay sins and these are the really bad sins right yeah. we have we have a hierarchy of, of sinning and and in in relationships in our marriages sometimes we have this hierarchy of, of fulfilling each other's needs like and this is what era was talking about is that you know Sometimes we think, well, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to have sex with them because I'm angry about something and withholding that. So, and we think that's an okay thing to do because it's, it's a physical, it's the, you know, it's like, it's my body and I'm not going to do that. So, you know, equivalent thing would be like, if I'm, you know, if I'm angry at my wife, I'm not going to just be like, well, I'm not going to tell her I love, I love you anymore. You know, I'm just not going to say that, like that that would be devastating to her because yeah. that's important to her where I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show her other types of physical touch. I'm just not gonna hug her anymore I'm yeah. just won't hug her anymore because I'm angry you know I'm angry because she didn't do the dishes or whatever you know that, that would be absurd if we said those things like oh well, I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna talk to her anymore and we can see that is like the absurdity for what it is in a relationship if we were to say that but Sometimes like I said because we categorize things sometimes and we, we put this hierarchy of like these things are okay to do And these things aren't okay to do. We think the same thing. We we think that sex is different. Well, you know, you, you know Sometimes it, women groups will feed into that, you know, their girlfriends will we, you just you just don't have sex with him until he does what you want Yeah, so that's called <laughs> manipulation, yeah. you know, like that's not the key to a happy relationship is to manipulate each other and you know, so yeah, so culturally, sometimes we think that's okay. We hear people say, "Well, I'm just not going to have sex with her until because this, that, and the other." And that that's the same as what I was talking about earlier. Is saying, like, especially from a man's standpoint, like, I'm not going to tell my wife I love her. I'm not going to give my wife a hug because she didn't do this thing that I wanted her to do. And you know, when we, we read this verse, the in First Corinthians the wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. This is again, I mean, the ultimate submission is that I'm, I'm, you know, physically allowing my body, you know, to be yours and you're allowing it to be mine. And that's not a thing of, you know, culturally we hear that we're like, oh, this, that's, uh, you know, abusive or it's, Oh, it's a, uh, what's the word I'm like, possessive, you know, like I own her, she owns me. And that's not what this picture is here. No. This is me giving everything of myself to her, you know, ultimately submitting and again, putting my need, her needs above mine and she putting my needs above hers. Um, you know, and this isn't a thing that says it's okay for husbands to abuse their wives, to like Aaron said, you know, she feels sick. You're like, oh, sorry, your yeah. body belongs to me. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's, that's if, terrible. That, first if, if that's yeah. If that's what you're coming at. If that's what you're pulling away from this, you, you need to talk to somebody within your church about how to understand the Bible, because that's not what it's talking about, you know? And it, God doesn't, it did not model a, a, a relationship model for us where the other person isn't willingly a willing participant. Yeah. Okay. So if that's what, if that's what you're hearing, when you hear this stuff, you're, you're wrong and you don't understand the Bible and what, what Jesus has modeled out for us here. And so now the other thing about this, and Aaron talked about this earlier is here, here's where we lose, lose some, some communication. There's a difference in this, in the sexes between, um, you know, what it means uh, to have, to want to have sex, like so, guys, we're wired for this, right? If you haven't been able to tell, obviously, to Aaron and I, sex is an important thing, because yeah. we're men, yeah. we're, we're men, men, not skinny jean-wearing men. <laughs> um, you know, we, it is And men desire sex, like physical. We we can have sex just for the sake of having it. I don't need to be in the mood. Well, I mean, because we're always, it's like Bruce Banner on <laughs> Avengers. What's your secret? I'm always angry. <laughs> it's like mentally, Or I'm not in the mood. I'm, we're always in the mood, you know? It's like, even when we're not in the mood, we can get in the mood, you know? And the, the thing is, he was talking about scheduling, you know, if, you know, if you're not having sex, like you just get, put it on your schedule and you're like, wow, that sounds so unromantic. And you know, it, maybe it is. And yeah. that's, it, we have this idea that we always have to be in the mood. And I, and I will tell you, you know, early on in a marriage, getting in the mood prior to isn't too much of a struggle. Yeah. You know, that's that's why the first years of marriage are really good. And then and then life, you know, starts to you know, as routine starts to happen and, and the, the new new marriage shine starts to wear off and you just start to face the realities of life, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, yeah, I don't know if I feel like it, you know, and that kind <laughs> eh, of, know, you know, and we start to make reasons and excuses, and then you know the longer you go on, yeah, definitely, <clears throat> the mood is, is striking a lot less. So here's here's the, the deal: you don't to have a successful marriage, you don't have to you don't have to be. We it it, it almost flips the order, right? So instead of being in the you. Early on you're in the mood so you have sex sometimes you have to have sex to get in the mood, right? And that's where you know foreplay comes in and you you know like you're talking about you flirt with each other you know you have to do things and Again, maybe it is just just a scheduled time with hey the kids are gonna be out of the house on Thursday We we've finally got some alone time. We need to make the most of it regardless of how we feel at the time but we'll get in the mood after the fact in um except women sometimes struggle with that, because again, with them, sex is relational. So they want it to be, um, you know, the physical, the non-sexual physical, the the emotional connection that they get out of sex. Guys don't need that, right? So guys don't have to have that. Um, And so we both have to come to it from our perspectives and women have to understand like, you know, sometimes we may not have to be in the mood, but guys, also, you can't treat her like, you know, a prostitute and be like, Damn. all right, I'm done. See ya." <laughs> like, you got to, you know, so there has to be, a, a, you guys have to come to it from each other's perspectives and understand each other's needs and wants and fulfill those things, even when you don't necessarily feel that way. I hope that makes sense. Um, trying to explain it the best I can is, but...
0: Yeah, and I mean, and again, that goes back to the Ephesians five. You know that you're submitting to one another. Even in this, um, it's it's to submit to one another to meet each other's needs. Um, it pursue healthiness. So, I mean, if something looks unhealthy out of this, if you're you're hearing this again, like Caleb said, with a, a voice that doesn't sound right, there's a good good possibility you're not understanding the whole context of this go back and read ephesians 5 through that that lens of what relationship looks like and then view sex through that lens and what we're talking about here um but again it's a it's an, it's an important thing to do so yeah um, yeah
1: i mean you know and that's again back on the deal on uh, talking about being in the mood i mean there's just times like i said you it, it's a, it's a it's a we do it you know i mean geez, i'm how old am i now 40 two, one, you know, I'm older, the libido wanes. And sometimes you're not always in, the, even as a male, sometimes it's like, I'm not in the mood, but you know what she is. And that's fine. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's, that happens You know, as, as you get older and it, again, it's not about me. It's about what she wants. And, um, you know, and so we have to, like said, uh, be reciprocal in that. So, uh, that, again the whole the whole context around this is that this is like we talked about at the beginning is that it's it's about submission and that the submission of i'm going to put her knees before mine she's going to put that 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 is not an abusive or possessive or uh unequally yoked kind of thing and um i just hope out of all the stuff that we've talked about that's the main thing that we take away from this yeah
0: well um to wrap it last, up today
1: yeah well well last couple things I'll, I'll be real quick on these. a couple things that you know again for successful marriages one um have shared goals so what are you working towards like if you're a couple and i asked you that question would you be able to answer it? what are you working towards like do you guys have a dream vacation do you have a dream house do you have what are your goals you yeah. know you should pursue your own interests also you should be free to do that like if your spouse tells you i don't want you to go to you know this underwater basket weaving class and that's something you like to do, then that's a problem. Like they're being possessive and not affirming of you. So you should be able to pursue your own interests, but you should have interests together that you guys pursue, whether it be, you know, some mountain biking, or if it's, you know, uh, like I said, saving for a once in a lifetime kind of trip, some kind of thing like that. Um, What are your goals? What are your shared goals? And then the last thing, which is actually one of the more important things, because this is, when you look at divorce, this is in the top two reasons but finances yeah so uh, if you guys have never done anything to to work on how to manage your household finances you should do that so one of the popular ones is dave ramsey's financial peace you guys need to recognize if you're a saver and a spender if you're both spenders if you're both savers you need to know who's who and especially if you're a spender and the other one's a saver let the saver manage the finances Um, the spender shouldn't do that because we're running a long time I'm not gonna eat too long of a conversation about should you combine or have separate um <laughs> checking accounts and all that kind of thing I would tell you we have we made that commitment we have we have a you know one one checking account we share you know I manage the finances um, and but I mean we again we we have conversations about that it's not like I'm like, give me your paycheck and I'll tell you how much to spend. I don't give her like a weekly allowance or anything like
0: that. I mean, it was, you know, we have goals and we have... Yeah, well, when we go back to this, it's the same as like when you look at sex. I mean, I mean, finances are a big deal and we're both contributors to that. You know, as you come together, whatever that may look like, um, even if the other person's not being paid and they're staying at home, they're making a contribution. Don't ever, don't ever allow yourself to be in a position to think this is just mine. There's nothing possessive in, in a relationship if you're in that context that mindset you're wrong
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah if you're doing the same thing keeping the ledger if you're like yeah. well i I, you know i brought home I this much money and, and they she, only brought home this much money she stays at
0: home with the kids she ain't doing anything anyways you know yeah. You know if, if that's your mindset again you're wrong that um there's there's been seasons of life where i've made more than my wife and there's been seasons of life where she's made more um and it doesn't matter <laughs> it's equal it's just what we have together you know yeah and we're all contributing in that way and, and finances are a huge thing I wish we had another 20 minutes just to to rain on this one we may come back to it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but talk um, about sex way too much we did but it's it's important <laughs> finances though is it up is. there i mean these they're two
1: Well, i mean and it is and it is um it gets to a level of trust too and i mean I was in the somebody who was in the military. Uh, military guys really struggle with relationships. I can tell you that from experience, um, not personal experience, but being around a bunch of guys who were with a lot of ladies they did not trust and they were married to them. I'm like, how's that supposed to work out? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I've got, we've got our account, but I've got a secret account. I'm like, God, oh, that sounds great. You guys are going to last, <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's just tell me, you know, how many other ways you don't trust your wife? Like, and, and then tell me that you love her like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I just, it boggled my mind they couldn't see the hypocrisy of that. And so yeah, if if you're at a place where it's like, well, I've got to keep my finances separate because I don't trust my spouse, you need help, you need counseling. (laughs) Because if you're going to love somebody, you have to trust them. And if you can't trust them, you probably shouldn't have gotten married to them. So again, back on our dating, (laughs) you know, thing, before you, you jump into a marriage with somebody, you need to know that you trust them. You have to be willing to trust them. And if you can't trust them, then we go back to two episodes ago and we talk about yourself and we got to work through why we're having trust issues. And that may be because of broken relationships in the past. But again, that could be um, part of not doing the homework beforehand, right? Making sure that you're ready to date, making sure that when you date that you're that you treat it like it what it is, which is kind of the interview process for marriage that you evaluate that they have the same values and desires and wants that you do. And so then when you do get to to making that decision to, to be married, that you're doing it for the right reasons and that you can fully trust and love that person. Because again, if you're going to marry him, you should go in with the idea that this is an actual commitment that you're making to, between you and God. Um, it's a holy commitment that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. You know, that, that, that should be your outlook when you get married, not the, well, I hope this works out. And if it doesn't, there's always divorce. Like if that's what you're thinking, then that's probably what'll, that's probably where your marriage will end up. So, um, but yes, I would, if, if you haven't had a significant conversation about finances or you guys kind of, it just kind of has, happened, you know, like, well, well I just kind of manage mine, she manages hers, and you've never had a discussion about what we're going to do with that. You need to do that because, again, uh, one top, top reasons for divorce is finances and then sex, yeah. so okay. lack thereof, not too much. Nobody's ever gotten divorced because they had too much sex, I don't think. But
0: Man, I hope not. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, of that. yeah. but yeah, the but lack I'm, I'm willing. <laughs> but I'm willing to try. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Lack of money, lack of sex, you know, yeah. those are uh, <laughs> those are contributors to bad marriages and, yeah. and failed relationships. But, uh, yeah, thanks for journeying with us today um, on this sexual revolution podcast. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, hopefully it challenged you um, and, you know, just caused you to just evaluate some things. Or, uh, you know, if you're in a healthy place, hopefully it affirmed what you're doing. Um, but uh, again, I just want to encourage you to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, check us out on our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen. Um, and again, I want to plug Cable's book, um, Pursuing Freedom. You can get your copy on Amazon. Um, just a great resource for your recovery journey. But I uh, just want you guys to know that we love you. I um, Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving yesterday. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see you right back here next week.